Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart, episode number two. I am so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can go to my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Well, let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, I will be concluding with part two of my personal testimony. If you uh, have not listened to part one, you can listen to part one. It's in the archives um, entitled Faithfulness, Patience and Love, A Powerful Testimony. I wanted to start with my testimony because I wanted just to tell you who I am and what I've been through and what God has done for me, because what God has done for me, he'll do for you. And your testimony is a powerful tool that you can use to share with others as you're witnessing and just as you're dealing with people day to day. But I always love and enjoy to hear people's testimonies, because once you find out what they've been through, it kind of explains a little bit more you know, about who they are. And so you want to make sure that um, you begin to think about your own personal testimony. So I I hope that by listening to this podcast and by me sharing my testimony, that it will prompt you to think about your own testimony, that if I were to ask you, what's your testimony? You know, what would you say? What would you be able to say that God has done for you? Because, you know, the Bible tells us in Revelation 12, 11, that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So each time you share your testimony, you are Um, You know, saying that this is what I've overcome, that I'm an overcomer. And Jesus has called us not to just overcome one time or one thing, but Jesus has called us to be perpetual overcomers so that we're overcoming continually, you know, year by year, day by day. We're continually overcoming. And so, you know, I just want you to think about your own personal testimony. Perhaps you've already shared it or you do share it. That's great. And, you know, each time that you share your testimony with different individuals or people, you may share different facets of it. Because people need to hear different things, but we need to be aware and know what our testimony is and what we would have to say if we were asked to share it. So I just want to review just a little bit, um, just kind of review and recap that um, I was saved when I was seven years old. So it was at the tender age of seven that I realized that I need to be saved. And so I was actually born again at seven years old in true, a true conversion, truly converted, truly saved. My life was totally different. Um, and I was baptized, you know, shortly thereafter I was baptized and about as it was eight years old, we had a, um, revival at my church. In fact, it was under, um, the tutelage of pastor, uh, at the time, Gary Pleasant, Gary Pleasant. It was under his ministry. He came for a week long revival And um, he had one night called up those that wanted to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I went forward and was one that um, did that. And so I was immediately filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking um, in tongues. And, you know, I often wondered how was it that, you know, I was able to live um, and not succumb to a lot of things that other people and young people were succumbing to at my age. I never drank, never smoked, um, never have, um, uh, didn't sleep around with men, didn't do any of those things. Not to say, you know, the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I did do some things, but those things were not my vices. And one of the things was because I was filled with the Holy Spirit um, at a young age and he gave me the power to live right and to not do those things. In fact, I can remember um, 
it was early on, like I guess I was about eight years old, the very first time that I can remember hearing um, the voice of the Holy Spirit, like looking back and um, remembering like my one of my first encounters. I was at a party, um, birthday party uh, that one of my friends had and they had a pool. And so we were all in the pool and my mom had already told them that, you know, I couldn't swim in the deep water. So to make sure I stayed in the shallow water. Well, they didn't have a rope out yet. And so I wasn't aware that, you know, you walk so far to in the deep end and it's still the same level, but then there's a drop off. Well, I wasn't even aware of that. And so um, I went off, you know, my friends were mostly over on the other side because they could all swim. And so I was, you know, going to go over there to meet them. And I was still on the, you know, on the level part. And I heard it was the Holy Spirit that said, don't go any further. And so I didn't go any further. I just went, you know, went on back the other way. But looking back, I said that was the Holy Spirit that was keeping me away from danger keeping me away from her. And I was obedient to that. Now, if I would have kept going, I probably would have slipped in, could have possibly drowned. You know, yeah, they may have saved me, maybe not. But I just thank God that he kept me, you know, even, even, even in that. And I can go back over my life and look at other instances and know that, you know, when he's speaking to me, see, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, you got to listen to him because he knows everything and he'll help you. The Bible says that he will lead us into all truth. So he will lead and guide us into all truth. But the key is you got to be obedient to what he says and what he's telling you to do. So it was it was then in in the the secondly, um, one of the reasons why I didn't get into a lot of those things, because early on, I knew who I was and what God had called me to do. And see, when you know who you are, you know, certain things just don't fit with my calling. Certain things just don't fit with what God has called me to do. I don't have time to be drinking and smoking and messing around with men um, because that's going to hinder the purpose of God for my life. And so I need to make sure that my vessel is as clean as it can be and that I'm as lucid as I can be. I need to think clearly. I need to, you know, to, to be alert and ready to do what God wants me to do. And so those things like that, you know, that's going to hinder me and my walk with God. Well, at the age of 10, I answered the call of God on my life. I realized and knew that, you know, there's definitely was, it was a call of God on my life. And I was fortunate enough to be, um, in an environment and around people that recognized it as well and that cultivated that. And I'm just thanking God, you know, just looking back that he placed so many wonderful mentors, so many women of God uh, in my life and just people, just, you know, godly people in my life that, um, you know, helped to cultivate that gift. Uh, one of the people that God used very instrumental, especially in my teen years, was um, my dear friend, still my friend to this day. Her name is Ayana Edgar. And um, when I was a teenager, she she placed into my hand several books by Dr. Miles Monroe talking about purpose and destiny and, you know, what God has called you to do and, and knowing your purpose. And so I read those books. And so, you know, at that young age, I, I realized that God has a purpose and that the only one that knows what that purpose is, is him. The only one that knows what he's called me to do is him. Now people could see glimmers of things and, you know, people will try to fit you into their box of what they think that you should do. And all the, all the time, what their thoughts of you should do is not as big as what God wants you to do. And so um, I realized that. And so I knew that my education was not going to be like everybody else's, you know, I knew that things were not going to be like everyone else's. And so I asked God, I just straight up asked him, what is it that you want me to do? 
What is it you want me to do? You know, where do you want me to go to school? How, how, how do you want me to, you know, to do all this, this that you've called me to do? What is it that I need to do? And so um, I, uh, upon graduating, you know, I didn't really have, I can't say that I had a plan and this is what God said. I, I didn't have anything. I didn't have any idea. I knew that I wasn't going to be going to secular college. I, I definitely knew that. And so I, I just had to say, Lord, where's the place that you have for me? So I thought it was ORU because at that time, you know, it was the big college that most people that were supposed to be going into ministry, that's where they went. Well, I filled out all the information. Well, no, 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 no. I didn't fill out the information. One day out of the blue, someone from ORU called me. And so I was like, how did you get my number? I hadn't filled out, you know, anything. They, it was just kind of weird how they just called me. And so um, I filled out the information, got all the things together. Well, uh, my application was denied. And so, you know, I really wasn't disappointed. Deep down in my heart, I didn't really want to go away that far anyway. But if that's what God wanted me to do, I was willing to do it. But I kind of was like, yes, thank you, Lord, that they didn't accept. So I said, well, I know God has, you know, something else for me. And so I have to find out what that is. And so I decided to lay out a year because I didn't want to waste my time and I didn't want to waste my parents' money by just doing something, you know, but I wanted to do purpose on purpose. And so when I was sitting out um, one day, I was um, at home watching television and came across this television preacher. And I was just mesmerized by his preaching and more intrigued by the anointing that was on his life. And I remember looking at the TV screen and thinking, and well, I said out loud, I pointed at the TV screen. And I said out loud, I want what he's got. That anointing that he has, that's what I want. I want it just like that. And so shortly thereafter, there came an advertisement. This preacher had a Bible college. And so it's Pastor Rod Parsley with War Harvest Bible College. It was called War Harvest at that Bible college at that time. Now it's Valor Christian College. And so there was a college days coming up. So I talked to my mom, said, I got to get to Columbus, Ohio, see what's going on with this place. It sounds like, you know, this may be something that I would like to do. So I had never heard of Rod Parsley, never heard of World Harvest Bible College, none of that stuff like that. My mom had heard of Pastor Parsley. And in fact, she told me later on, she said that um, when she had seen the advertisement that this, this was, she said that, you know, the Lord spoke to her and said, this is where I want Paula to go. And she said she didn't say anything because sometimes, you know, if you say stuff to people, they think, you know, you're trying to run my life or trying to. So, you know, she just said, well, Lord, if it, you know, reveal it to her, show it to her. And he did. And so we went, had a wonderful time. It was confirmed. I knew that this was where God wanted me to be. The atmosphere, you know, we're just I, I, this was where God wanted me to be. And so um, I rolled, enrolled and was there the fall semester. Um, dropped, my mom was there, you know, to, 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 to uh, drop me off. And she stayed one more day over. Her, her and my sister stayed one more day over. Um, that Monday, I went to registration. Well, that night, it's like everything hit me. Like, I'm going to be away from home. And, you know, this is like, this is just too much. And so I thought to myself, I said, this is what I'll do. You know, I'm going to figure out my life from my, you know, tell God what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to wait and, and, and wait for my sister. She was in, uh, she'll be a junior. She's got two more years. And then I'll come back and I'll come then. And me and her can come together. We can come together and, you know, that, that'll settle all that. So I got up that Monday morning, rode over with some friends to the registration. So while I'm there listening to, um, you know, for orientation, you know, I wasn't listening to a thing they were saying because I had made up in my mind that I'm going home. 
going home and they even said that you know you had so amount of much amount of time to get your whatever monies you paid to get it back well my dad had already paid for the first semester so I said well you know I can get his money back and you know we can work this thing out and we'll I was, you know this is just not the right time I'll just come back I was in the line and uh, where I was registered and <laughs> even told some of the people in the line like you know I'm going home and you know this is just not for me you know I'm just going to go home so Rolled back to the dorm. My mom and sister were there in the lobby. And so, you know, I tried to play it all cool in front of, you know, my friends who I'd met. I said, you know, yeah, I'll, t- I'll catch y'all later. Okay, see y'all later. Yeah. As soon as they were out of eye shot, I fell to my knees, fell on my mother's lap. And I said, I'm going home. I can't do this. She was like, what's happened? What did they do to you? They didn't do nothing to me. Nobody didn't do nothing to me. I'm just going home. I'm just, this is just not for me. So, you know, I thought that she was going to try to make me stay. She said, well, if you want to go home, you can go home. You can go home. And uh, I said, well, what about the money? You know, said, well, if you can't get the money back, then we'll just count it as a loss. Um, Don't you worry about it. If you want to go home, you can go home. And then she said something that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I knew that it wasn't the voice of my mother, but I knew that it was the voice of the Holy Spirit. And she looked at me right in the eye and she said, but only you can fulfill the purpose and plan that God has for your life. So I was like, oh, man, she's right. So I realized at that moment that this wasn't about Kim, my sister. This wasn't about my family. This wasn't about nobody else but just me and God. And so, you know, a lot of times when God has a special plan and purpose for your life, he'll separate you from everything that you're familiar with. In order to, to bring you out of that comfort zone or to bring you out of that familiarity. And so um, my mom and I got the girls together that I um, had went over with the registration. She took us out to lunch, said the Holy Spirit told her to break bread. And she talked to him, kind of told him, you know, look out for Paula. It's the first time being away from home. Y'all kind of look out for each other. And we, me and those young ladies formed a bond that still exists today. Just a special bond because of that special moment that we had um, together. And so while I was there, I was so glad that I stayed. You know, after a couple of weeks, I was fine. I was doing, you know, wonderful fitting in and, and doing fine. And it was like it was at that moment and at that time, because when I was in high school, I didn't really uh, have friends, so to speak. And friends when I, I mean, like people that were like me or that I could relate to. And so, um, you know, I did socialize while I was in high school, but uh, not, not, you know, they didn't come home with me and, and I didn't hang out with them really. You know, most of my weekends were spent at um, youth outings and, and at home studying the Bible. In fact, my dad thought something was wrong with me. He said, like, what's wrong with this girl? She won't hang out with nobody. She won't do anything. And it's because, you know, a lot of times they were doing things that I that didn't relate to my purpose. And didn't relate, you know, to, to what God had called me to do. And so, you know, while I was nice and um, didn't try to act like I was better than anybody or anything like that. But it was in some res- in some ways somewhat difficult um, because here I had this call of God on my life. But people may not really understand it, you know, and still kind of trying to. I realized that I did not fit in. God didn't make me or design me to fit in. And it was something at one time that I used to uh, kind of be upset with but it's something as I've grown older that I've come to embrace and enjoy you know and um I just thank God you know for that so while I was at Bible college it was just a powerful wonderful time wonderful experience 
of the power and the presence of God, the anointing on my life was just uh, amplified. And um, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. I think of those times quite often and just, you know, the wonderful friendships that I have with so many people all over the world, so many wonderful, godly people all over the world. Well, um, one of the things that I had to deal with that I had to overcome was a spirit of fear. And the Bible says that the spirit of fear, it have torment. So for a good part of my life, I was tormented with the spirit of fear. It, 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 it paralyzed me and kept me from, you know, doing some things that, um, you know, just living really a normal life. And so I can remember, this is, sounds funny now, but, you know, I, when I was younger and my sister had to come where well, I was taking the shower, she had to come and she'd sit on the toilet and wait for me. Um, you know, cause I was so afraid to be in there by myself. So, you know, like, I'm not talking about like being afraid of new things That's there's a natural fear, you know, of new things and, and stuff like that. But this fear that I had was not a healthy, not a natural fear, you know, and then I dealt with the fear and anxiety of public speaking, being up in front of people. So uh, I remember one particular time when my spiritual mother, Terry McFadden Solomon came to our church for a revival and, um, service was over and uh, she called me over and sat and talked with me, uh, you know, just, just she and I for a little while. And she was the, really the first person that mentioned and said that, you know, God has called you to ministry and God has a call on your life. And um, I said to her, no, 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 I, I, you got the wrong person because I'm too shy. I'm too timid to, to get up in front of people and, 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 and to do that kind of stuff. And she said, oh, God has a way of taking care of all of that. And let me tell you, he surely does. Because I often say this when I minister, but, you know, God will do for you when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you. He will change you into another person and he will do for you. You think about Clark Kent. When he went in that phone booth, he became Superman. You think about Wonder Woman. When she did that spin, she became another person. And that is what the power of the Holy Spirit does. People that know you, they say, oh, that uh, Paula, she, 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 was, she was scared to go in the next room by herself. But look at her now, standing up in front of people, preaching and teaching. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit that does that. It is definitely not little old Paula. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside that gives us and makes us who we can never be on our own. And so um, when I had to deal with the spirit of fear, I mean, I dealt with it. It was in manifest form. Um, I've been prayed for several times and, you know, was confessing the word. And before I went to school, my mom had given me two scriptures to stand on. Um, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. I believe it's in either first or second Timothy one, seven. Can't remember if it's first or second Timothy. I know it's in one of those Timothy's, but, um, and the other one that she gave me is that, uh, God's perfect love casts out fear. And so when I had feelings of fear, when I knew it was, you know, coming or was, was upon me, I, um, would confess those scriptures. Now, when I confess those scriptures, nothing happened. I was still afraid, you know, still had that fear, but I began to confess those scriptures by faith. And the more I began to f- confess those that word by faith, the more I began to believe it. And the more I began to believe it, the more, you know, the less fear I was having, the less anxiety I was having. So when I came in contact with the spirit head on, um, what I realized is that when I called on the name of Jesus and when I stood on that word and believed that word, how powerless it was at the name of Jesus. You see, Satan has some power, but he doesn't have all power. Jesus has all power and Jesus has defeated the devil. It's past tense. He already did it. Whooped him up really bad, defeated him. He made an open show of him. I mean, he, he, Jesus punked Satan so bad 
so, so bad, but he still tries to come to take away what it is that Jesus did. So I realized that I have the upper hand in this battle that Ephesians tells us that Jesus is seated above all principalities, all power, all might, all dominion. He's seated far above. And it goes on to tell us in Ephesians 2 and 6 that we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. So that means my place and position is with Jesus. So that means that Satan is under my feet. And so when I got this realization that all this time, this is what I've been afraid of all this time. This is what has been messing with me. And I already had the power within me to defeat it. Oh, man. So it was just really a, a powerful time, a powerful moment and a powerful realization. Really, you know, and some insight into the spirit realm and how God works. Well, when I, I came home from Bible college, um, just full of the power of God and just ready to, you know, just do the will of God. Pastor Parsley always told us this. He said that you don't find the will of God, you live it. And so I just begin to live and I begin to do. And the more I begin to do, the more that, you know, that anointing began to increase, the more clarity began to come, more understanding began to come, the more, you know, I realized, you know, and, and learned how to walk in that anointing that God had for my life and, you know, um, do what he wanted me to do. Well, in 2009, I felt called to launch Paulo Cornette Ministries and it's under this umbrella that I preach and teach and minister um, throughout throughout the United States and throughout internationally, you know, hopefully soon as well. And so um, I, I ministered at the women's prison and, and every year I hold a yearly meeting in my hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana. I hold a yearly meeting. And um, how it all started was I was when I was sitting in Bible college, we did a study on the armor of God. And I never heard it so in-depth like this. And when we did the study, we studied from the book of um, Dress to Kill by Rick Renner. Rick Renner is an excellent Bible scholar, teacher of the Word of God. He goes line by line, and he's a Greek scholar. And so he brings out all those words and explains it and just breaks it down and what, you know, what it really means um, today. And so as we began to study that, I was sitting there, I thought, somebody needs to do a teaching on that. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you do it. I said, me do it? What are you talking about? Me do it. So when I came home, um, I just kind of couldn't get away from it. And so I went to my pastor and just, you know, shared with him what I felt like God wanted me to do. And so he said, go for it. And I did. And it was, you know, a wonderful meeting, wonderful time. And then from there, it led to having a yearly meeting um, that I host and minister and preach and teach at um, every year. A couple of years I didn't have it, but for the most part, it's a it's a, it's a yearly meeting. And so um, then in about the 30th year of going to the church that I attended when I was a young child, um, God began to transition me out of there. And sometimes we can be in a place in an environment that for a season is good, but then it's like God's got more for you and he knows that you're so comfortable and you're so, you know, okay that he's got to put a little fire under your butt. And so that's what he did. He had to put a little fire under my butt to get me to move to the place, you know, they, that he needed me to be. And so I'm ever so thankful for uh, New Covenant Ministries with Pastor Brian Hudson. Pastor Brian Hudson is um, an excellent teacher 
of the word of God. In fact, it was there that that firm foundation was built. And so, you know, that foundation was built, was a firm foundation of sound doctrine. He always taught sound doctrine, sound teaching. Um, it was a place of order and reverence for God. And so, you know, it was there that, you know, I learned more about the order of God, the order, you know, in the house of the Lord. You know, First Timothy talks about that there has to be order in the house of the Lord. And um, if there's not order, God is not going to come. His presence is not going to be there. He has to have order. And sometimes, you know, I've seen um, by going and being around other ministries that there's a lack of order and reverence for the presence of God. And so if that pre reverence for God and that order is not there, he's not going to be there. And so sometimes I wonder why is God because he's, he's, he can't be here with all this going on. So you got to get things in order. All right. And so, um. I just thank God for him and for the things that I learned, you know, while I was there and the things I was taught while I was there. I can see, you know, that stuff still being carried over into other things um, in my life. And so I just thank God for him. Now, currently I'm serving as assistant pastor at Greater Works Church in Indianapolis, Indiana with um, Pastor Thomas Johnson. Thankful for uh, Pastor Johnson and his ministry. It was during a time when I needed to recharge and refuel that uh, he was very understanding of that and that he allowed me the time and what I needed to do to recharge and to refuel. And um, I just thank God for him and the blessing that him and the people of Greater Works Church has been have been to me. Um, currently, I'm single, but I'm waiting on my godly mate. I'm still holding out, y'all. Um, you know, I do desire to be married, but I, I don't want to be with just anybody. And I understand that I can't just be with any old body, but that God has someone special that he has prepared for me. And so um, I'm just praying that, that that he come quickly, that he come quickly. Um, I, I want to have a couple of children before Jesus comes back and I definitely would want to do that. So I'm an auntie, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm a mentor. Um, I'm a child of God, serving God, doing the purposes of God. And just, you know, so glad that uh, I came to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior at a young and early age and can truly say that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. So this concludes definitely more things have happened in my life, but this just gives you the crux of um, some things, you know, that have happened uh, in my life and what God has done. Most importantly is that he saved me, that he saved me and that he filled me with his precious Holy Spirit and that I know who I am and I know whose I am. And so I thank him. Um, also, uh, my mom and I, we have our own business. And so I am also an entrepreneur, uh, love business, love working for myself, the benefits of working for myself. And I'm um, just thankful to God, thankful to be in ministry as well. So hopefully this testimony has prompted you to think of your own personal testimony and you know, just ever so often go back and reflect and thank God for what he's done, what he's brought you through. And hopefully you're not where you used to be. And uh, hopefully looking back, I won't be where I used to be either. But just always progressing in God and always moving forward in God. Well, I'd like to pray for you before I conclude today. So just pray with me. Father God, I thank you for all those that are listening today, Lord, to this podcast. I thank you that we have the ability to be able to 
um, use this means and avenue to share the gospel and to share our story. I thank you, Father God, for the things that you have done. I thank you, Lord, that you have been faithful and that you are still faithful, Lord, that you will remain faithful to the end of the age. I thank you, Father God, for your patience, your patience with us, Lord God, and trying to get things right. And get things in order, Lord God. I thank you that you continue to be patient with us, Lord God. And I thank you for your unfailing love. I thank you for your everlasting love, that you love us so much, Lord God, that you love us so much and that you love us despite ourselves. And I thank you for all those, Lord, that as he begin to think about their testimony, Lord, I thank you for giving them the words to say, bring to their remembrance the things that you have done, the things that you have brought them through, Lord. And we rejoice together because you are an awesome God. Father God, you be glorified and you be magnified in each and every one of our lives and in each and every one of our hearts. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Revelations from the Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone in your life. Share this podcast on your social media networks. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can find the links to all my pages at my website at www.paulacornet.weebly.com. God bless you and hope you will take time to listen again soon.